This is the Horse Radio Network. Imagine knocking a rail with your own horse's rogue pulled shoe. This week, we're talking to a para rider with big dreams ahead of her and getting up to speed on why posture matters for horses. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniak. Welcome to episode 102 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? Not bad. We're trucking. We're trucking. Yeah. But you guys have to have your drinks for me since I can't drink right now. <laughs> uh, well, I'm like excited. Yeah, Jess has got a good one for us this I'm, week. I was going to say, I'm excited about the one I have for this week because, first off, I will tell you guys that I'm super excited that this episode this week is brought to you guys by Purina before I jump into the drink because it's the U.S. Open's official drink, just like Kentucky Derby has the mint julep. They have now brought the U.S. Open's official drink is called a Honey Deuce, and it sounds so good. Like when it's hot, I'm currently in Aiken right now. Uh, we've been spending a couple weeks here, which is fun. So it's back to like, you know, feeling like a different home, but it's fun. And this week for those hot weathers, it's called the Honey Deuce, and you do one and a quarter ounces, preferably Grey Goose. Grey Goose sponsored the U.S. Open, so that's what they used. Basically about a shot of it. Three ounces of lemonade. They recommend homemade lemonade. About two shots of that. A quarter ounce of raspberry liqueur. At the U.S. Open, they use Chambord. Ice crushed and honeydew melon balls. Either chilled or frozen. The frozen sounds amazing. And what you do is you fill a highball glass with the ice. Add vodka, top with the lemonade and raspberry liqueur. Then you garnish with the chilled or frozen melon balls. You could also substitute for a lemon wedge or raspberry, and then you just serve and enjoy. And it sounds so good as like a refreshing drink. And it looked great in the pictures from the U.S. Open. This sounds delicious. It sounds so good. Mm -hmm. It does sound really yummy. So I was like, this is a perfect, you know, summer drink without being too fruity because I can't do too much fruit. So this was like a nice kind of blend, maybe going into fall type thing. So I really liked it. I mean, so, so I could do lots of fruit. So I feel like I could add more fruit to this. Oh, you you could you could do the honeydew balls, the lemon wedges, the raspberries. You could do it all and oh, it would yeah. be perfect for I, you. I could rock Me, it we know I'm like not so much. So I was like, this is like the perfect kind of, I'm not even like a honeydew fan, but I think that with this drink, I would totally hit it up with a shambord and everything. So it sounded really good. Mm-hmm. So Ellie, what do you have for news this week? Okay. So it's super interesting. So it's about horse posture. So basically we all know that like horses spend what the majority of their time, right? Standing. And so this article really talked about what that can really tell us. So if you think about horses that stand um, canted in where like their, you know, hind legs are kind of almost too close to their front end, right? There's like the normal neutral posture, which is your standard standing square. And then you have your splayed out where like they park out. Um, so a lot of, you know, 
different breeds will do that for their halter classes where just their uh, hawks and everything are pushed back. So it's super interesting because I did not realize how much you can tell about various things just based on how your horse is standing. Um, so these doctors, and I'm going to butcher their names, so I'm not even going to try, <laughs> um, looked at the differences between how the horse is standing versus their, their dental work. Um, so like how they're standing can affect whether or not they need their teeth done and it can affect how much, um, they were able to tell like how much pressure is needed to keep the horse stable. So basically how hard it's going to be on these horses legs just to stand based on not their confirmation, but how they stand. So all of that stuff was just really interesting to me and it's super sciencey. So I definitely recommend everyone take a peek at it and see how it affects your horse. Take a peek, see how your horse compares. Wow. That's not, yeah, that's super interesting. I've been like, you know, analyzing how my horses are standing now. I'm like, are you, are you two canted in? <laughs> Do you need your teeth done? Like I'm just like paranoid now, but it's super interesting and super interesting, obviously when you're buying a horse to be able to look at this and just know kind of how they're going to hold up. Definitely. How about you, Jesse? Oh, so I've got an interesting one. Um, I feel like this photo went viral over the last couple of weeks. It's of this um, show jumper, at one of the major league show jumping events. It was a CSI five star where this big chestnut horse is jumping a jump and you can see the shoe that it just pulled like up in the air above the jump with them. So the horse's name was Jaquilly and it was at this Ontario event um, horse show and the rider, Taylor St. Jack has, they went into the ring and they, the mare threw the shoe literally while going over the first fence on course and the flying shoe, which had been, you know, detached from the horse's foot hit the rail. And it's funny in this story about it, the rider was saying that it sounded like they snapped the wrap, the rail in half. Like that's how, how much sound came from the, the steel shoe, like smacking the pole. But what's interesting about this whole story, like one, the photo is just gold, like the timing of it is perfect. But um, because the shoe like fell off and hit the hit the rail, they didn't count that as a fault. So they technically were able to go clear. It's pretty interesting like that because I've never seen something like that. Right. It's just such a freak thing. It's a freak thing. And it happens. It's um, reminds me. There was this jump blowing over, I think it was in France or Italy, and this whole entire jump from the wind blew over and the horse, like the first front rail, everything, and it jumps it clear. And it's amazing. But there are times that weather or whatever else, like the wind's picking up so much that it's blown over rails and we've seen it. So it's nice that they recognize that it was the, you know, the shoe, not that the horse actually had it, that there is an external situation of why it fell over right exactly um and to make just to make it a little bit sweeter is it was the pair the horse and rider pair's first five star so it was their debut (laughs) i know it's amazing that the major league show jumping tour is pretty awesome to watch and they go to a lot of cool destinations mexico canada they had two weeks in canada a couple weeks mexico they go to 
California and people travel around and it's, it's really picking up and it's super interesting to kind of follow and watch, to be honest, is this major league jumping tour. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, just the pictures of this horse and rider with the shoe, like it just looks beautiful. Oh. But yeah. Is this an orange jump? Cause I definitely feel like I've seen this picture. Yes. Yes. Yep. It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but- it went viral for sure because the poor girl, like, it, it wasn't even near it. And they were like going to give her four faults. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> but now it's what a good story. And to like have yeah. that photo forever, you know? No, for sure. What about you, Jess? What do you got? So I know we talked on the last podcast, like the road to Patroni and the world equestrian games with um, both the show jumping and eventing. Well, we're here because it is eventing week with the driving as well. That the horse and riders have shown up for the eventing phase for Patroni. It is super exciting. It starts this week on Wednesday, going through the weekend. And there are have five, the horses will jog everything else on Wednesday. Everybody will go through the weekend and it's super exciting. They have not named the team yet. They will once you guys listen to this, but they have not named the team yet when we're talking about it, but it is definitely going to be Will Coleman, Boyd Martin, Lauren Nicholson, Tammy Smith, and Ariel Gerald all going as five members. They will pick who the four team and the one individual. And I'm just super excited because I feel like it's a really good... uh, Some of them have been on teams before. Some of them are kind of new. I just feel like it's a very good team that they've named um, that I'm super excited to watch and follow along. I think they're all in the best form. They went over, the U.S. team went over to France, kind of schooled for a week or so, and then now they're all in Italy. And it's interesting that the um, both the cross-country course designer, competition manager, and the, uh, courses, the show jumping course designer are all Italian natives. So they brought in a lot of like, you know, it's based right outside of Rome. It's known for their big hills and everything. So I'm super excited. So we'll have to post in the show notes what you guys can watch for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because the, you know, third session of dressage will have started, fourth session of dressage will have started, and then Saturday is cross country. Sunday's the final um, horse inspection, as well as the two different show jumping phases. So we'll be cheering along some of our favorites because they have the number one rider in the world, um, FEI event rider in the world, Ollie Townen's there. The Brits have a bunch of really, really top people and the U.S. has brought a lot and Canada has a bunch. So I'm super excited to, there's a lot of medalists that are in that whole pool to be cheering for. I'm so excited to hear who we're bringing. I know. I'm excited. I mean, they're all going to, all five will compete. So uh, the four will go as a team member, but there is one that uh, will go as an individual. So all five team team members compete. So it changes from the Pan American Games to the Olympics to the Worlds. So it changes. So all five of those people that I named, Lauren, Will, Ariel, Tammy, and um, Boyd will all compete. It just depends if they're team members or not. So I'm super excited. I think they all have top horses that are in top form, and I'm really, really going to be cheering for them. Big shout out to everybody who helps put on this podcast through Patreon. We really appreciate each and every one of you. 
Thanks for helping us continue. And if you are interested in helping us continue to bring this podcast to you guys, please check out patreon.com slash heels down. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash heels down. So Jess, I know you and Doug ride in Charles Owen helmets. Um, I love my Charles Owen too, but I want, I'm wondering, I've seen the new halo helmets and gosh, they're gorgeous. Uh, Do you guys have those? Are you riding in the halo? Yes. Doug and I both have one. It's beautiful. I mean, it is stunning to look at. I did an unboxing on my Instagram and Facebook that a bunch of you guys follow, but it's beautiful to look at in person. And the fact that you can fit it, you can customize it. We do a lot with you guys know, uh, ride Equisafe with Catherine, but you can go and fit it. There's different liners. So for me, you know, you get kind of gross and sweaty. The liner is interchangeable that you can go wash it, put a new one in. The fact that it also is compatible to be MIPS, which is huge for us. They have that MIPS technology. So mm-hmm. you have that international safety standards that with the MIPS, everything else, this is probably one of the safest helmets. And I'm not saying that because I'm a safety expert, but it is with the MIPS, with the customizable, it's beautiful. I don't know. It's just, it's comfortable. And it's, I think it's got like 360 ventilation system. So you, when I ride it at horse shows, I have personally, I have the wide peak. So mine is the one that's a little bit of a wider brim over Doug's. So it just kind of helps out for me when it's a bit sunnier. I can like have that little bit of extra you know, protection from the sun. Doug has both a black on black and a black on silver. Mine is black on black, but I have seen some beautiful ones. I'll have to link it in the show notes because you can really try like different things. There's rose gold with crystals everywhere. And so I'm super excited that like you can kind of put the bling you want or be subtle. And so I... I tried mine. The first one that I got was just black on black because I was being pretty plain, to be honest. But I'm excited at like the future because it's so comfortable and it's it's just beautiful to look at and it's it's comfortable to put on and it's it just fits really well, to be honest. Yeah, it looks awesome. I mean, it's striking to look at, but I I love how customizable it is too. Like you can get that midnight like navy color. I like that it comes in like the high gloss or the matte. Like you could, they have a rose gold offering too. Like you could really make it your own, which is pretty cool. When I like that you can, you know, you can have the base color that you want and then just put a subtle look on it. So right, like add a little pop, you know, add a little pop, whether it's a rose gold or a silver. Doug did a little bit of silver. And so it's just nice that it's a little bit different. And it just, the whole thing, they did not miss one ounce of detail because the harness is super comfortable. Like the, you know, latch that you put your underneath your chin and everything, it just feels so nice. And so the whole thing, they did a remarkable job because I know there's a lot of competitors out there and it just fits in with every kind of lifestyle. You can do the jumpers, you can do the hunters, you can do the eventing all with just this one helmet. Okay, question. Because I'm yeah. like a super head sweater. Like I ride with bandanas to absorb the sweat, so my helmets last longer than like a year. Because <laughs> like my head sweats ridiculously. And I know they were talking about this. Um, I know you've talked about this ventilation. Like, do you get a nice head breeze? 
You get a nice head freeze, but what oh, I love the most, no, it's even more because the liner, you can take it out and wash it. So when you're um, disgusting, I have actually like two liners. So if it's gross, I just take it out, take it home, put a new liner in it. And it's not that nasty helmet that's just, to be honest, smells. And it's gross. Yeah. Like if you're so sweaty and you sweat a bunch, like I've been on the horses for too long and or it's rained or whatever else, you can take that whole liner out. I have extra ones in my backpack, like in my ring bag that I just put a new one in. And I'm like, don't have to worry if it got dried out or not. And so if you're it, riding multiple in a day, you could just change the liner between horses. Yes. You don't have to put a wet helmet back on. Yes. That's such <laughs> clutch. Okay. And then, I mean, that we were in the fantastic. downpour the other day and I was like, I'm not putting my helmet back on. I'm like, oh wait, nope. Got my liner. Stuck it on. I'm like, it's like a brand new helmet. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I need to put this on the shopping list for Matt. Absolutely. For <laughs> Your horse has unique feed needs, and Purina has you covered. From breeding and growing to senior horses, from performance horses to easy keepers and everything in between, Purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it isn't working. Put their research to the test. Find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina retailer or visit PurinaMills.com to learn more. All right, everybody. I'm really excited to introduce our guest this week. We have Charlotte Merrill-Smith, who is a para-dressage rider who has represented Team USA. Charlotte has been competing at the FEI level for the last 12 years. And prior to an accident, she competed as an able-bodied rider and eventing up to the three-star international level. Outside of horses, Charlotte has competed twice at the World Championships Adapted Divisions of the World CrossFit Open, which is pretty darn badass. And her goal is to represent the U.S. at the 2024 Paralympic Games in France. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? Hi, thank you all so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you on. And to kick off our conversation, I just wanted to tell a story about when we first met. So I met Charlotte when she drove from Ocala to St. Pete. We had done a, like a casting call for a photo shoot for Heels Down. And it was really fun. We did it in a bunch of like urban graffiti murals like in downtown uh, St. Pete. And Charlotte responded and drove all the way down. And we've had your picture up like on our social pages for years. And But it was just really awesome to get to meet you that way. Like I feel like we hit it off right away. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a great way to hang out with horse people outside of the barn. Yeah, right. And then um, not super long after that, it was great to interview you. Uh, we wrote a story about Charlotte and her quest to find a para-dressage horse. And man, that feels like a lifetime ago because you have just been killing it lately with your mare, Gigi. It was a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> it took about two years to find her. I uh, vetted a horse in Canada. I vetted a horse in North Carolina. And I found her less than 10 minutes down the road in Ocala. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's too funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, she's just, you know, there. it was definitely not easy in the beginning. She's a pretty special girl. And it took a while for us to click and to understand each other and for her to get what I was asking her. Because she's like, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? And yeah, but we've figured it out now, and it's just been uh, absolutely amazing. You know, when people say, 
you get when you get a good mayor, you get a good mayor. I really believe it now. You know, I'm so lucky to have her. So, yeah, I mean, you guys are killing it lately. Like your scores are like off the charts. But tell me, what has been like your some of your biggest challenges adjusting to this level of the dressage work? So, you know, if I knew what I knew now, it would be great. Um, (laughs) This level is definitely the competing with the other elite pair of dressage riders is tough. Um, you have to really be on your game and have get really good scores and be really consistent. And I think the hardest part has been just riding, um, you know, being able to be that consistent and be that unbeatable. It's yeah, it's just tough. I, I, I'm sure it's tough. Uh, but tell me like, what's your favorite part about it? I mean, you've been a rider all your life, but uh, is there, is there something specific about what, you know, Gigi or what, or the training that you're the trainers you get to ride with? Like, what's your favorite part about it? Well, I think like anything in riding, it's, you know, when you actually get something and it's like, you know, you have those aha moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think like, I really enjoy riding the freestyles. Um, it's so different from the eventing dressage or any dressage because you do things to the music, not to the letter. So it's, you know, if you're behind the music, you cut the corner, things like that, which got took a while to get used to. But now it's so fun to do it. We have a freestyle to Lady Hawk, the theme music to the movie Lady Hawk. Um, oh, how cool. Yeah. So it's really cool. Like one of my absolute favorite moments with Gigi is it's not any um, big competition we've done, but it's the moments, you know, it's such a pro it, riding's a process. And a couple, well, it's about a month ago now we had this amazing breakthrough. Like I started crying in the middle of my dressage lesson because it was like, Oh my gosh, because I have to teach her, um, with my coach's help, we had to teach her sort of different aids because I can't do the aids the same way an able-bodied rider can. We've taught her now this, um, like a half halt through my chest. Um, and so I just have to like raise up my chest a little bit and she, half holds and I was working on uh my mediums across diagonal and then uh my transition back at the corner and making it really a good transition and she I literally came busting across diagonal in this big huge trot took a deep breath put my chest up and she almost halted it was just like you know that's what why I ride is to have moments like that. It was, that's super cool. That's, I mean, that gives me chills, honestly, that is, and you talked a little bit, um, about your team and stuff, but tell everybody about your other fellow American riders. Tell us about who's training you right now. Who's your biggest supporter besides your mom, (laughs) but everybody else, like, how do you make it all work? So, I have an incredible support team. You know, it takes a village and I have an amazing village. I'm riding now. It's pretty awesome. Your village is pretty great, to be honest. Yeah. I have to stop you there because I've watched you go and it 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 does, it gives me chills and everything else. So I want everybody to know about that amazing, amazing village. Well, I'm so fortunate that my mom rides and so she yeah. events also. So, you know, we have I have that and she's an incredible groom. Um <laughs> And then uh, I'm riding with Ruth Hogan Polson right now. 
and she has a farm in Loxahatchee, Florida, and in uh, Plainfield, Vermont, which is where I am right now. And all the girls here at the barn are just so into it and so into helping me, and it's amazing. So I work in the barn as much as I can. I do I do the laundry, I clean all the tack, I clean all the, wash all the buckets, and I do all the stuff that the pain in the neck jobs that no one else wants to do, but it gives them more time to spend with the horses. And so I help as much as I can and try to be as positive as I can so that they can, you know, in turn, they want to help me and are happy doing the sometimes what I think is the silly things that I ask if they can do. But, you know, and I'm really fortunate to have, I have a bunch of, or a few product sponsors. I'm in the process of finding some financial sponsorship because at this level, it's tough to do it on my own. Um, but it's, you know, I just have the most amazing group of people that surround me and are so willing to help me. And I'm so appreciative of them and doing what they do. Yeah. So tell everybody, like, what are your goals for the end of this year? And obviously like, we're going to be like cheering for you to get on to Paris, but like, what are your goals this year? Do you have fall season plans or next year, spring season plans? So I'm going down to Florida with Ruth, to Loxahatchee. Um, but for the rest of this year, Gigi's actually going to have some downtime. She's been going pretty steady for a couple of years now. She's going to have some downtime. And I'm actually going to work with a good friend, Loren Barwick, who is a four-star Pirelli rider instructor. And she's also in a chair and has been to a bunch of Olympics and a bunch of world games. And she helps me. She helped me originally when I got Gigi sort of understand her and figure out the best way to communicate with her. Um, and so we're going to head down. Gigi and I are going to go down there next month and just spend some time doing, building our relationships more, you know, so that we don't have, cause we, right now we don't need to, you know, we'll have any shows in the near future, except then in, uh, in January, there's some CPEDIs, but, um, for now we're going to take it easy and keep working on our relationship. That sounds so awesome. So my question for you, what is something that people don't really know about paradressage or para riding in general that you wish they did? Um, I think a lot of people don't know, and I did not know before I became a para rider that para Olympics actually means parallel Olympics. It has nothing to do with being paralyzed. Mm. Um, so the para Olympics are always held two weeks after the regular Olympics in the same venue. So, and we're held to the same stand, high standards that able-bodied riders are. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. it's like, it's like serious dressage that you're doing. I, I don't think people always <laughs> yeah. know that, but you watch those tests and I'm like, holy cow. Like this. Oh, it's, this it's stuff. I don't think I could do dressage. I I'm know. Like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm like, the yeah. first time where she talks about cutting the corners, I was like, I have to remember like how to do a dressage test these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, my test, I'm a grade three. And so I walk and trot, but my horse has to be in basically a pre St. George frame and the, oh my so the quality has to be there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty spectacular. Mm -hmm. Well, Charlotte, it was really wonderful to chat with you. Um, but before we let you go, if people want to follow your journey with Gigi, where how can they how can they watch you? Where can they find you? So I'm on Facebook and 
Charlotte Marlesmith Para Equestrian. And my Instagram is Helmet Wearer. <laughs> hey, good for you. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's it. My Helmet Wearer is a longtime joke. It's, it was my email address when I was 16 like or 14. It was back in the day. So I've always been Helmet Wearer. I love it. <laughs> so our next guest is one of my personal favorites is my husband, Doug. He decided to come on because he's kind of ventured off to something different. That's pretty interesting in my opinion. Yeah. Hi, Doug. Um, hey. I've noticed this too on your social pages. So you have started offering a, a sort of behind the scenes subscription you know, look, uh, into like a subscription service that looks very educational based on, you know, riding, but also kind of like a full service of, of your program and things that you guys are doing with the horses. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing and how it works? Yeah, sure. So in all honesty, popped up a couple weeks ago and, you know, we figured there's an opportunity here and if there's a way that we could get a, uh, sort of more mutually beneficial relationship with everybody that's following with, if, you know, questions to answers about either our horses or problems they might be having with theirs or really totally open book, trying to just share the experience. And um, it's been a, a really great thing so far. Yeah, I saw uh, a snippet video on your Instagram, I don't know, a couple days ago where you were showing some exercises, jumping exercises that you were doing at home. But you did it with a variety of different levels of horses, which I like that's super interesting to me, but tell me why, why should someone subscribe? Like, what can they get out of this? Did they? Well, like, actually, yeah, it's cool. Ahead. You brought that up. So, um, with the one we did with both experienced horses and also with one that was just a four-year-old that she's done, I mean, probably just jumped for the past month or so total. And that was actually on request of one of our subscribers. And they were asking, you know, what would you do with, a sort of green bean that's just getting going. And then we had some other people interested in ones that might've been kind of in it a bit further. So event people maybe going prelim or so. And then we had a couple jumper people looking that maybe they're kind of 110 looking to move up to the one twenties. And so in that way we can share the experience. We've got a variety of horses at all different levels and we can show what we would do at home. And then, you know, most recently we, um, I just posted one tonight that was a horse that's done a couple Grand Prix at this point and super talent and will be absolutely a star in the future. But he made a couple green mistakes last week and we're able to go back into the ticketed warm up today and we were able to show what we did and, you know, why we did what we did. And hopefully that translates to, uh, you know, better result this coming week. So is that kind of what like a subscriber would expect? Like, are we going to get like lots of, Q and A's back and forth. Are you going to also? Yeah, like, I mean that's contribute? that's what I'm looking forward to is having having a effectively a running conversation on anything, and it could be something as simple as you know what tack you use or why you're using a particular setup for a particular horse or what type of horse you know might that work better. Or we had some questions on also okay after um, you know post either a a jumping class or a, an event, what we would do as far as care for the horses being at icing, wrapping, you know, any other therapeutic stuff that we might do, just kind of how we would best care for them to hopefully put our horses in a position that they can succeed best. Is Courtney going to do one on braiding? Because I yeah, need, she, she, she's I all in. Good. She's all in. 
So if you want to get a like a, a sneak peek of what Doug has to offer, we're going to share uh, an exclusive clip on our Patreon. So it'll give you an idea of what you can find on the channel if you subscribe. Uh, and, and yeah, if you have questions, uh, then you can head to Doug's Instagram. Doug, can you give us like your Instagram handle and your YouTube yeah, handle so just, people yeah, know Yeah, at DP Equestrian for Instagram and DP Equestrian and the number one for YouTube. Awesome. Perfect. Well, always good to chat with you. Yeah, perfect. I love it. Look forward to next time. All right, guys, it's time for Rose and Thorn. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay. So my Rose is these past couple weeks, it will be a total of three weeks. We have come back to Aiken, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and it's been super fun. We got to stay with my mom. My kids got to hang out with their GJ for Grandma Joan. Uh And it's been so fun, like, Aiken's got such a great place in our heart and we're super excited we moved to North Carolina, but it is so nice that we can come back and like, this is like our second home. So my rose is definitely that I get to spend it in Aiken right now because it's been super fun. And then my thorn is that because we're here for three weeks, I have like finally gotten my four-year-old yes do not judge me that my four-year-old is like just slowly getting going because i haven't been home a lot but i finally got him like cantering and then i had to leave so (laughs) a break for him a good job cantering i'll see you in a couple months (laughs) yeah and like my husband's like you do know you should be doing more than cantering at four and a half and i'm like don't judge. Don't judge our process. Yeah, there's so, so much. You go at your own pace. <laughs> I told him the other day, I said, if you want to come fix it. And he's like, no, you seem to be going really well. And he's super quiet. So let's keep going. But that is my rose is that I had to leave him at home. But um, other than that, it's it's been fun. That, yes, I probably should be a little bit more due diligent with my four-year-old to get him on the right track. But I'm enjoying the process and it's fun to be an Aiken. Hey, slow and steady wins the race, Jeff. That's what, that's what I tell him. And he's like, until <laughs> I take over, because his three-year-old's probably like going to be like close on the heels and be at his first horse show at the same time I am. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not judging. Like, it makes okay. me feel better, Jess. Q is six this year and I ride him maybe 30 times a year. exactly that makes me feel so much better because he's like i'm like when do you want me to ride like when i'm not home so he's fine and he's so cute he doesn't care icon's pretty perfect (laughs) oh so jesse what's yours Ooh, um let's see so my rose is that um it was my husband's birthday last week and we i asked him what he wanted to do and he was like let's go to north carolina so we spent the week we quote unquote worked remotely up there um, from the Tryon area. And I just, I love it up there so much. Fun. It was so, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a quiet week. Just the two of us. We drove up with the dog, stayed on the lake. Did you go to Lake Lore? Yep. Yep. We were on Lake Lore. Um, oh, my, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Yeah. My parents have a place there. So we've just, we just went and stayed for the week and hiked and, Enjoyed the lake, and we saw a few friends for dinner and stuff, and went into Asheville one day, but it was just a nice break, Um, and we picked the perfect week, because it just was, like, miserably hot and storming here all week, now that 
the hurricane season has finally like woken up in Florida is just in a torrential state of downpour. But yeah, so that's my rose. Um, My thorn is that I am uh, just still Jones and to ride. Um, No, but I'm finding plenty of other things to ride. So, you know, I saw the cowboy camp. Yeah. Yeah. That was like fun. That was fun. So, um, my vet actually suggested that because he's, you know, my horses were in rehab and he's sound. We just have to be very careful about what we're doing, right? You know, as we bring him back slowly. But they, so we, I went with a friend who has like a two year old and we went to like a natural horsemanship um, place and, you know, where it has like all the obstacles for them to like walk over logs and have to go backwards through stuff and um, over scary bridges that move. Yeah, Mikey yeah. did so good. I was like, "Ooh, that scares me." Looking, at I know, him. I know. And so, like a lot of those things, I I didn't ride him. I just led him on the ground because I I didn't want to add any additional pressure and then like him panic or you know what I mean. It hurt himself. So, but he was he's always been like a very cool, calm, and collected dude. But he like it was interesting because the vet is really big on posture. Speaking of our you know news item today. Like she, um, she gave me a bunch of exercises to do with him on the ground that she uses, uh, for horses that are coming back from neurological conditions like EPM just to like, he has nothing like that. He's never been diagnosed with anything like that, but just to make him more aware of his footfall and his posture. And she has me do stuff like when he's on the cross ties about like how he stands to get him to stand square and underneath himself and just being proactive about that now that will hopefully help him in the long run. Cause with his confirmation, he's just naturally more in the forehand. And she thinks that's probably what led to, you know, some of his soft tissue problems. So going to the cowboy camp, it was kind of cool to see him think about these things differently after like, you know, kind of blundering his way through the first couple of exercises. Like, Oh, I have to think about where my feet go. So it, it was really interesting. Like I would definitely go back. It was fun. So, and it's, you know, I know zero about natural horsemanship, but I will say we definitely stood out of like in the crowd of the horses there. It was like all little like Florida cracker horses and quarter horses and, you know, Western trail riding people. And then it was like me with my 17 hand enormous horse, all like wearing eagle gold and (laughs) and a breastplate and a figure eight bridle. And then my friend brought her Irish two-year-old who was like already enormous at two years old, you know? So, so we stood out a little bit, but it was, it was a fun field trip for sure. So next you'll have to literally like the guy I bought Q from that was my, my Western coach. He had dressage people come and bring their dressage horses literally just to follow a cow around the arena because it just gives them something else to think about. And they're just so like, what in the world am I doing? that it makes them perform better. Like it just gives them something else to think about. So I think it'll be fun for Michael. I think that's awesome. Yeah. There's a, there's a guy around here who does something similar where it's, um, you can ride out with him. Like they move the cows from one field to the next, like it, and it's actually, it's already, it's like always in October and, but it's like a, it's like a 13 mile ride. They warn you, like it's an all day thing, but you stop with the cows and have lunch. And then mm-hmm. like you get on and you keep moving them. Oh yeah. And, yeah, I've always thought about doing it because I just thought it would be kind of cool to do. That do they it. The saddle you're public. in does not matter. 
Except my butt will be sore as all get out. <laughs> right. You know? Okay, yeah. You can borrow one of mine. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. No, I always thought that would be fun to do. But, um, but yeah. What about you, Ellie? Well, you guys already know. <laughs> um, but so my thorn is that multiple sclerosis sucks a lot of butt. Um, so I told you guys about my vision, but, uh, and you guys both know, but I actually had right side paralysis. So that was fun. It's gotten better, but I still like, don't have like any dexterity. Uh, like even in my hand, my foot or like my mouth is still kind of like sloped to one side. Um, so that's not fun. Like I have to go to like, uh, I start in a few days occupational therapy where I can relearn how to do things like brush my teeth. Although I've gotten very good at doing that with my left hand. And so my just thorn is that I spent half of the past month in a hospital bed. So that's not been fun. I had to chop all my hair off because I can't brush it. So that's fun too. (laughs) Um, But my rose is that I was in Connecticut because that's where my uh, MS specialist is. And I rode a horse. God dang it. Um, I rode my mom's horse and God bless him because I mean, he's literally almost 18 hands getting on. My sister was laughing so hard at me because I can't pick my right leg up real well. Um, but I got on and I literally looked like someone who's never posted at the trot before. Um, I couldn't steer all that well, but he was so good. And, uh, it was just really good to like be back on a horse. Like it just felt really good to you know, be in the barn. And, um, even though it wasn't my horse, uh, it was still just, it was a great feeling. So definitely a rose for sure for me. Awesome. All right. So we got this mailbag from Kathy in our Facebook group. Uh, and I wanted to ask both of you guys, if you had any ideas or if there's any like apps or programs that you like for this, she is looking for suggestions on how to keep track of strides when she's walking her jumper course, like at a horse show. Um, she says her Emmy brain totally forgets the first, you know, the first line by the time she's walked the third, um, and always has to look it up again, you know, after she's tacked up and everything bonus points. If you can do it on your phone is what she says. Do you guys have any, any tips on like remembering your course and remembering the strides to each line? Yeah. So something that my coach always had us do, which I definitely kept with me is like when I'm like saying my course to her. I always say the striding. So it's like, you know, it's not just, you know, the five to six. It's five to six and six strides. Yeah, exactly. Adding that. I mean, I guess you could like, you know, use the notes on your phone and just say, you know, blue line, six strides or, you know, your combination, you know, six AB to seven, you know, eight strides or whatever. Um, But that's always what's helped me. It's just, literally attaching the color of the jump uh, to the striding. What about you, Jess? So I think that's huge. Absolutely. I think that is what we use a ton, like, or saying outside line and five and like, but just always repeating one to two and five strides diagonal and six strides, you know, and the diagonal could be the blues. Cause usually they're so good at being like the blue line and it could be five strides, but, just like Ellie said, 
the blue line and five strides. So three to four and five strides. And then do a single and like breaking it apart, but always attaching that number to it. And what I was going to also say is like, when we walk the course, I always just stand back after we walk the course and be like, one to two and five strides. Cross the diagonal, blue line, and six strides. Single, and then breaking it apart. Seven, eight, and one, you know, whatever. But breaking it apart, and like just, just like Ellie said, in that muscle memory of saying that has been the huge thing. Because I find a hard thing that if you... You could put it in your phone and then study it, but I then feel like you're going to get anxious in the ring or get up to the ring and not have your phone. And then it's going to be hard to say, how do I put it in my phone? So if you're just saying every time in your head, one to two and five strides down the diagonal blues in six strides from three to four and always breaking it and making the strides as part of your whole entire course, that helps me the best and has helped my students the best. So I think Ellie's straight on. Use the colors and the numbers incorporated with your striding. Yeah, does I like that, that. help me remember the stride numbers? Absolutely. Does that make me do the correct number of oh, strides? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> a five means you're going to get a four, five, or six. I mean, totally. <laughs> but at least you knew what it walked in. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Well, and I'm the type I just, you know, even you can't count on other people to ride it correctly, but I like to walk it, but then watch like three or four go, you know, and And that just helps me visualize the feel that I want for that line. Like, oh, this looks like it's riding tight. I know I need to, you know, really make sure when I'm coming in with this sort of pace or I, I need to make sure I'm half halting by the third stride down that line, you know? But also if it's somebody that you know, or it's somebody in your barn, that's an even like bigger game changer because you know, does that horse have a short stride, a normal stride or a big stride? And then you know how those ride, like, is there a little slope in the arena that maybe that five got tighter than you thought when it walked, but you know, that horse, that's just a huge game changer and like solidifies. Yes, that's a five or a six, but it became tight. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you have a question for us and you want us to answer it on the air, you can always send us an email. You can do that by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com or you can join our Facebook group where we have all kinds of fun and lighthearted, but also serious discussions. The Facebook group is the heels down happy hour podcast lounge. If you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Spark, our daily email newsletter. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash spark by HD. And we want to say thanks to our partners this week, Purina. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.